Downloads of this show are available on Potomatic.com and the Potomatic mobile app. You're listening to Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Time to get embarrassed with us. made it to our 100th episode for Radio Free Brooklyn and officially our two-year anniversary. Unfortunately, I am doing this more or less without my team, which is sad. Allison can't be here over the phone this week. Jimmy has uh, been lost in what I can only imagine is a work spiral, and uh, he is working on getting out of that spiral and lifting himself out from the ashes so that he can become a phoenix rising again in our studio on a weekly basis. What I'm trying to say is is that dude's got to work, and uh, we'll get him back again here soon. So luckily, I am not the only person here in the studio for this auspicious occasion, if it could be considered auspicious. I am joined once again by our esteemed guest of past, Radio Free Brooklyn gal. She is on air every Saturday, 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. for Dunsun and for Art Star Scene Radio. Welcome again, our friend, Miss Face Girl, Catherine Dunn. Hello. <laughs> I was enjoying watching you struggle through that. I'm a monster. Shh, no. <laughs> it won't be a struggle. No. It's okay. No, when you edit it, it's it'll never... be smooth. Like, it'll be smooth. Flawless. It'll, it'll never be a struggle. Uh, it's so nice to have you back. It's been a while. Yeah, no, I know. It's been quite a while. I mean, technically, I, I, we see each other often, especially since uh, since the last time you were on Lost and Rewound, you uh, invited me to be on your show, Dunson. Yeah, you were on my show once when I wasn't there and then once when I was because I got to meet your adorable Fiona. Yes, this is a thing that has become uh, very much in fashion, uh, having an animal that is Instagram worthy. And <laughs> uh, recently I've taken to the social medias and uh, Fiona, the albino hedgehog, now has her own Instagram handle. You could find her at Hold the Fiona. Oh, she's so cute. You've seen her in person. You know. You, you know how it is. I love her. She's she's a little she's a special little thing. She's cuddly and sweet. <laughs> so and she didn't pee or poo on me, so I love her. <laughs> she don't roll like that. Yeah, I love um, ladies. <laughs> My dog's a lady. Yeah, she is. Yeah. And uh, the Delicate first time lady. I was on Don Sun, I remember I was telling a story about getting all the pets that we got, my wife and I, and uh, that we, uh, you know, acquired the hedgehog, and that's what kind of inspired me, especially with um, unfortunate recent passings of other pets, but that we had got this other pet. And then uh, that inspired you to tell a story about how you had adopted your Trixie. Mm-hmm. So that was cool to be able to share stories about animals. Our little fur babies. Our fur babies. Or, or in... quill babies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> fur and quill babies. The, the quillest child. Um, yeah. And then the last time I was on your show, we talked about the first time that I smoked pot. <laughs> yeah, it was on 420, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. It was it was absolutely a 420 uh, uh, related episode. I don't know if it was on 420, but it was on. I that think weekend. it was the day after 420, but who the, doesn't a, get high after the cloud of smoke yeah. was away? Again, thank you for being here. Um, this again is our 
123rd episode of Lost and Rewound, but our 100th broadcast on Radio Free Brooklyn. We started all but two years ago as a new fledgling introduction to Radio Free Brooklyn after they had only been, I think, only on the air for a year, right? They had only been streaming at the for a year at that point. When? 2015 was when Radio Free Brooklyn began. Okay. And no? then you're saying your show started a year after that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds about right. But you started when Radio Free Brooklyn started, right? Or did you start when I started? Because I know that uh, Face Boy and Tom and Rob uh, went all the way back. Yeah, I think Face Boy might be an original. Yeah. Like, Art Star Scene might be an original from, like, the first season. Right. If not first, then second. But I think it's actually first season. Mm. Um, But I wasn't added to the show until later. Got it. So I don't know. So you've been doing this as long as I have, basically. Give or take, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we we were doing Radical Vaudeville, and then he brought me on as a guest, and he liked it, and then he brought me on again and again, and then uh, it became official. <laughs> it became an official relationship. He gave me his Letterman headphones. <laughs> well, you you felt honored that you were able to join him on such a journey. You yeah. guys are continuing to do it. Yeah. I, I should ask, what has uh, been the evolution of Art Star Scene lately been looking like? Well, we've changed everything recently. How so? So we used to have like a drinking game at the top. And if you didn't drink, we would, you know, you could do other things. And we would list all the different things you could do. So we don't do that anymore. We don't have a cold open. We don't have a top 10 anymore. So pretty much we just changed the entire format to no format. <laughs> I guess. And, and, and we've lately been singing the Say Something I'm Giving Up On You song. I don't think that's officially part of the format, but uh, I guess if we commit long enough, it yeah. will be. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're evolving your program. Clearly, it was such a, an evolution that you felt the need to branch out and do like a spin-off show where you were just telling stories and getting a chance with uh, your collaborator, co-host, Greg, to um, be able to have another outlet for stories and ridiculous fun had in the studio. Yeah, no, I just love doing it. What inspired you to start it? To start the other one? To start Dunson, yeah. To start Dunson. Um, it was actually like the suggestion of a friend, a strong suggestion of a friend, because I never think to necessarily start or do anything. So. <laughs> Who suggested it? Oh, I, um, I'll tell you later. Okay. Okay. I like that answer. Yeah. Like, um, that's one of my favorite responses to any very awkward question. It's not necessarily awkward. Um, I just know that like uh, this person's also donated gifts to like Satanic Bingo. And they didn't want me to mention that it was from them. So I don't know if they would... Want, I mean, I'm sure they would want me to mention it, but I don't know. I would have to clear it first. A lot of the shows on Radio Free Brooklyn of the talk variety do delve into storytelling. Um, I mean, not all of them, obviously, but a fair portion of them. And how would you say Dunsan sticks out as a storytelling show? I have no idea. I don't listen to all the other ones. I should. I should listen to everything on the I should too. Station, and then I would know how it like stands out from the rest. I have no idea. I don't even listen to podcasts. <laughs> podcasts. I call them podcasts. They're, they are podcasts, okay? <laughs> They're the best podcasts. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. Can we change it to podcasts? That's what I'm going to call my show now. It's not It's not internet it, radio. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. Yeah. It's a, po- it's, it's a, bro- it's a broadcast, and then it goes into a podcast. Oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> this is, that's it. I we're have, done. I have we did it. This, we're done, son. <laughs> we're done, son. It's a broadcast. Yeah. Going to a podcast. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. 
Yeah. No, you were saying. No, I was going to say, I think I could tell you. I don't think she would mind. It was Velocity. Velocity. Oh. Our fallen Woman. Yeah, from the Fallen Woman show. When, when does Fallen Woman air again? It's That's at midnight? Thursdays, yeah. Thursdays at midnight? midnight. At yeah. the stroke of midnight, Fallen Woman with Velocity Child. Yeah, she's amazing. She is amazing. Yeah. She, I, I didn't really get to meet her until later into our uh, RFB days, and she is a cool chick. She's very cool. Yeah. I, the first time I met her, I was, I was like, oh my God, she's so strong you know like she was so badass she did like the coolest thing i'd ever seen with like a fake with like knives and blood and like it was burlesque and i was like i've yeah. never seen anything have you seen her knife act i have not seen her knife act however i did see at an rfb uh fundraiser event she performed Rocky horror yeah yeah i was hosting that with facebook yeah yes that's right. You guys were hosting it for sure. And uh, that probably would have been a good thing to note. <laughs> ah, so no, no. If that's what stood out, that I was such get a it. weird party, it. though, right? The whole thing, like the location, the yeah. nobody could find where it was because we nobody got the real address. Like, yeah. What part of it was weird? <laughs> <laughs> well, the part where everybody's v- living Veloc- in storage containers. Yeah, exactly. Well, Velocity Child dancing uh, burlesque to Rocky Horror was. Uh, probably the most uh, uh, pedestrian thing of that entire show. How dare you? (laughs) I mean, I get the joke you're making, but I refuse to allow you to make it. Okay. (laughs) Joke withdrawn. Yeah. Redacted. Uh, (laughs) Redact that joke. Austin Rewound is an ambitious project that comes to you here every week from 3 to 4 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn, which is, as you may all know by now, a 501c3 charitable organization. If you would like to donate anything at all, to the station as a whole or to us, please go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. (laughs) I'm just kidding. RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. If you want to sponsor Catherine's show, you can go to either RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash ass or for uh, Dunson. I think it's DS. DS? I okay. think so. Cool. Or you could just go to my Amazon wish list. <laughs> or you could do that. Just do that. But first go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash LAR and check out our profile page there. Again, <laughs> uh, that's donate uh, is the um, after the backslash if you want to donate to the station as a whole. They're all, all, they're all, all the donations are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. So that is what you can do for that in terms of financial injections. If you want to sign up for our newsletter, that is something you might want to consider. There is a Radio Free Brooklyn newsletter called Radio Free Brooklyn. Get it? R-E-A-D-I-O Free Brooklyn. Every month you will get the latest news about new programming and upcoming events happening. Interviews, ticket giveaways, special offers on RFB swag swag. (laughs) The emails will only come once a month, so don't worry. We're not going to be spamming your inbox. Again, that is RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter to sign up for that. Finally, chances are you are listening to us on the internet. That is the only way you can hear us. So if you are listening live, chances are you're listening either on your phone or on your tablet device. Uh, Make sure to go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash iPhone or RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Android so you could download the app. Radio Free Brooklyn app. You no longer need to be chained to your computer to listen. So download either of those apps from uh, Google Play or the App Store so you can listen to us wherever you go. So that we got all those plugs out of the way. Now we begin with the next portion of the show. Shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Yay. What are we going to do? What are we going to hear? Let's go on a journey and find out. Yay.
had an inspiration come up into my head when I was traveling, walking through the beautiful, beautiful borough of Brooklyn on a nice sunny day about a month ago. Inspiration came into inspiration your head. You're pregnant with a thought. I am pregnant with a thought, and uh, it is officially being birthed on this episode today. We're gonna need drugs. <laughs> later no uh there's a a big like that's was, why i'm here <laughs> I was on, it was on 11th avenue in windsor terrace i hadn't seen something like this in so long it was one of those old school winnebago type vans winnebago right isn't that what they're called i don't know like, probably those like big travel vans that can take you across yeah, like an rv like an rv exactly a mobile home of sorts you can Go to lots and just buy, you rent one or purchase one. I want to. It's, that's America in a nutshell. Yeah. It's like when you go to those lots and like, this is how I get around America. I'm not going to take that. the train or take a bus. Uh, I need to get myself prepped with the finest of... Uh, I'm going to go on my own schedule with my own animals. <laughs> didn't, didn't Walter White drive one of those anyway in Breaking Bad? Yeah, to cook meth in. Right. This so one, like you could cook meth in it cross country too. Right. But that's not what we're getting to right on this episode. <laughs> well, we are, started it. But yeah, well, yeah, no, what we are trying to uncover is the idea of a road trip, right? For this episode, I figured it would be a nice gesture with that visual of seeing a car and all the different places that we go and how far and how long we go to get there inspired me to say we should do an episode about road trips. Why not, right? Because everybody has a story about road trips. I mean, I think I could think of maybe one instance the first time I ever went on a road trip in one of those similar types of vans, and it was when we traveled from New York to Ohio. I have family in Cleveland, so we drove out there. It was um, my family and then um, my dad's brother's family, so it was seven of us, all packed into one van, and it was 10 hours, the drive from New York to Cleveland, and I can't really remember much about it because I was only 10 years old. Mm-hmm. I feel like when you're in a car for that long, you're either watching movies and being totally distracted by, you know, entertainment to keep you from being bored out of your mind looking out the window forever. I wasn't really the best when I was driving for long periods of time. I think I just wanted to lie down and sleep as much as possible. That's not the worst. It isn't the worst. I mean, it, you like, mean as a child or as, as an adult? No, as a child. Okay. These, the, the, all the instances of like, you know, I know you're from Long Island, and when we would go from Woodstock to visit my family in Rock Hill Center, that was like a three hour drive. Yeah. And two and a half, three hour drive, especially with traffic. And, you know, lo and behold, it's Passover, Thanksgiving at night, and everyone's going back. So it's taking long. And my parents would fold the seats down, and my sister and I would lie down. So that was like the way we rocked it, but that yeah. was, but that, but I wouldn't That's call that smart really on your parents' part. It was a station wagon, so we were able to uh, take advantage of the Subaru's uh, folding seats down, and that was how we would normally take it when we would go from one place to the other, but for short trips, not like long mm-hmm. road trips. Did you have similar experiences at all like that? Going on like long trips, well, like growing up with my family. Yeah, like, kind of. Well, how how were you? I guess on, on a basis, just a, as a passenger. I know we we had a conversation. You had your grandpa driving. I think when we listened to one clip, and your grandfather was driving the car, or one of your grandfathers was driving the car. I think in the clip, my grandfather and I were in a car that my other my step grandfather was driving. Yeah, when you were in a car, normally driving from one place to the other, 
in this great old U.S. of A. Your trips were not really very long between. They no, were pretty they short. kind of were. Like, they okay, were. every single weekend I would go to the Bronx, which is kind of a journey. From Long Island? Yeah. Okay. So depending on the traffic, it could be really long or not that long. Then, like, you know, the car rides to, like, Florida sometimes. The car rides to Florida? Yeah. We'll have to hear about that in a little bit. I want to uh, not delay too much and uh, see if... That story that maybe you have middling about there in your noggin has maybe a little more uh, life that can be brought to it after listening to this first uh, submission that we have. Uh, so what we did was we decided to reach out. I decided, we as a show, I decided to reach out to the entire community of Radio Free Brooklyn <laughs> and ask people to submit stories from their past uh, involving road trips. The first submission is from our friend Jared Bernstein. You could hear Jared's show Famous Dead People here on RFB every Monday at 3 p.m. I have not listened to any of these, actually. I made it clear that I didn't want to hear any of these submissions before we went to air. So we're going to take a listen to this, and when we come back, we'll talk about it. One summer, my brother and I decided that we would take a road trip across the country to deliver me to college for my freshman year. I grew up in Los Angeles, so we would start in Los Angeles, we would drive across the country, and we would end up at my college, my new college in Ohio. And we were taking my brother's truck, which had an open bed with all of my worldly possessions in the back, but we bought this tarp that was not waterproof at all, Uh, But we figured if we covered it, uh, all the stuff in the back with this tarp, it would at least give it some sort of marginal protection. So the entire time we're driving, we're on the lookout for bad rainstorms where we might have to pull the car over and protect all my things that are in the back. And so one day we're driving, and I forget which state we're in, but we're somewhere in the middle of the country. And we see these really dark, ominous storm clouds directly ahead of us. And we got our eyes locked on these really dark storm clouds directly ahead of us and really worried about it. And um, we're just trying to decide whether or not we should pull over and, and hide or like get a hotel and, 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 and take it in for the night. And then uh, over to the left of us is this like little tiny kind of triangular shaped cloud. And it's a little bit weird because it's by itself and it's a completely different color than the dark clouds right in front of us. And so we're just kind of like looking at that one too, just to like, you know, just as an oddity, you know, like, oh, there's like a tiny cloud over there, but like, let's focus on these dark clouds in front of us. And as time goes on, and as we're driving down this highway towards these dark, ominous clouds, this tiny little triangle cloud next to us keeps on getting bigger and and bigger, and it starts getting closer to the ground, and it starts coning a little bit, to the point where me and my brother, who grew up in LA, and so never had to witness any kind of real weather before in our lives, at one point we look over at this little cloud and we're like, I think this is becoming a tornado. And it's so unbelievable to a couple of LA kids that we would ever see a tornado being formed, let alone almost be hit by a tornado. It just seems so ridiculous. It seems like a thing that only happens in the movies. But sure enough it eventually touches ground really close to us, and we just kind of drive by it. Thankfully, it wasn't strong enough to, like, do any... to, like, pull up our car at the air or anything, but just mouths completely agape, we drove directly next to a forming and then formed tornado happening. And we just... we we couldn't believe it. We're like, this 
doesn't happen. You know, people die from tornadoes, and we just drove lazily by it. And then, sure enough, the dark clouds that were directly in front of us unleashed holy hell uh, in the form of rain and hail, and most of my things in the back were thoroughly drenched. But uh, the exciting part was, uh, you know, seeing that damn tornado. Again, that is Jarrett Bernstein from a show called Famous Dead People right here on RFB that streams Mondays at 3 p.m. It's a show about interviewing dead people from the past. So he has very famous people on, and they get interviewed by Jarrett. Uh, that story, what a story. Twister, right ahead. So wait, how did it end? That's how it ended. But what happened? I he he submitted a story that was So he's not dead. I mean, I know he's not dead, but like what happened? They survived a tornado. Driving through a natural disaster just sounds like really scary experience. Like an earthquake or a, t- a tornado or a hurricane or a typhoon or oh, any even like lightning. Lightning's scary. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, I yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, ha- has it ever happened to you? Have you ever been on the road? You, you drive, I right? I feel like I have seen a tornado, but I don't know if I'm like remembering a bad dream or something that really happened in Florida. Yeah. To this day, snow is a problem in my car. Oh, yeah. I've been going up or down hills on some sort of turny thing, and I, I thought I was going to die multiple times. Like one time going up a hill, and I was so mad at my friend because he was on the phone, kind of like talking to somebody about how they, we were dying and i'm like now's not a good time where was this uh in great neck we were driving up yeah. a hill and it was just like a normal hill it wasn't like a like a mountainous hill it was just like a normal residential hill and uh and the snow just did not agree with my minivan and we started to like slip and slide on an angle and we were like almost gonna hit things and he was on the phone and i yelled at him like stop it like get off the fucking phone like, yeah you're distracting me and i need you to like just be here. <laughs> Guide me through this. I don't know. It was some shit. Um, and then another time, like, coming back from rehearsal, I was getting off the Williamsburg Bridge on a turn and, like, almost died. You almost died. I don't know that I almost died because, like, I've got airbags. But, like... Um, <laughs> Technology has saved us. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Maybe I was almost a vegetable for life. Who, who knows? We don't know. Maybe I just almost had, like, you know, a real weird scar. Uh, or nothing. <laughs> Maybe almost nothing happened. <laughs> We never know. We always say, like, I almost this. Who knows? Yeah. But, yeah, no, it was, like, a weird turn where I was just, like, what am I doing? Um, and, like, I had to, like, turn the other way. I don't know. It was weird. Like, I thought I was dying. And that was, like, a little bit of snow. I'm My car's not good in a little bit of snow. That's why I don't like New York. <laughs> but I'm still here. I went to Ithaca College. And if I was coming back for winter break, there was that great chance that there would be a snowstorm. And in that unlikely chance that I would have to cancel my plans at coming back because the snow was so treacherous, I would have to either uh, stay home or stay back in Ithaca and wait out the storm until it wouldn't be as terrible. There were times, though, when I'd be driving that I would be stuck in a snowstorm. And so I would just have to, in my dinky Ford Escort that was not prepared well at all for inclement weather of that variety, I would just have to go really slow. And it's very ominous when you're going down a major throughway at crawling speed. 
because I'm so used to admittedly speeding on the thruway at a point where I know that I'm not going to get caught, but I know that I'm going to be keeping up. I'm just flying down Route 17. I'm going flying like, what, like 75 miles an hour, you know, <laughs> doing doing my, my business, you know, getting from one place to the next with much quickness as possible. You can't do that in the snow. And so it's really just kind of a nice memory, albeit a memory I hope to not have ever again with this vehicle that could bring me to my death because I'm not, it's a death trap. It's just a total death trap. Mm-hmm. It's like a rear-wheel drive used coupe that's red. So your chances of getting stopped by a car, are, uh, sorry, by a police car, I should say, is higher. So, well, why did you buy red? It was used, man. Come okay, on. I can't, I can't control these things. I would not, especially as a young male, buy a red car. Really? Yeah. Why, why is that? Higher insurance. And then, like you said, you get pulled over. Higher insurance, though? I think that's true. Is that? I had no idea. I didn't I know about the insurance part. Look it up. I think Dodge that true. bullet. Yeah, no, I think that like, um, I could be wrong, but I remember at some point it being allegedly true that the color of your car is something that you put in when you're doing your... What color car did you have? Before I had my blue car, I had a gold car. A gold car? Yeah, like gold or tan. Ooh. It was like a hand-me-down. My grandfather got it for some business person that he wanted to impress, and then they went back to whatever country... So then my grandmother got it, and then I got it. Did you ever go on a road trip with friends, ever? A boyfriend, and maybe, like, a boyfriend and his friend. So there were multiple people in the car, not just the two of you? Yeah, and, like, I've gone on, like, long drives with friends, but I wouldn't consider them road trips. Yeah. I'm really, I really want to go on a road trip with multiple people. Yeah, you didn't do what Jarrett did with his brother. You didn't cross-country, right? No, no, I want to do that. You still want to do that? Yeah. You're only 21. You got time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So California to Ohio, the longest amount of time I've ever driven in general in one single period. If it wasn't going up to Maine for my honeymoon, actually, before then, the only other time I could honestly think of being in the car for that long was driving up to Vermont. Hmm. That was like a five and a half hour trip. So either way, like New England was probably the only experiences I've had of driving that amount of time. I did Florida and back alone. Where would you usually stop when you would go to Florida? I would stop every hour on the hour. Every hour on the hour to... To just get out and walk. Fair enough. So that I could get my mind back in the game. But you would have to stop for gas multiple times, though. Yeah, every every now and then. Like, if I'm getting out every hour on the hour, I'm pulling over and, like, getting... I'm going to a place where you could conceivably get gas. Um, You would get gas... Instead of waiting until your car went into empty, you would just refill no, your car. Every- I don't think so. No, I think I waited till it got empty. Yeah, but I would refill my head every hour. That's the hour. fair. <laughs> I get you. I get you. You know, by like getting out, walking, letting my dog pee. Yeah, peeing myself, not on my dog, but separately. That's another thing too. That that trip to Maine was the first time I had driven for that amount of time with animals in the car. So that was another aspect of it, which is what that we had to stop for. You know, every time that we did get stopped for gas rob and my wife would go and she would take the dogs out for a walk while i did the gas so we just took care of all the things at the same time but that that would mean that they would be in the car just chilling for like three or four hours which is pretty normal anyway but even so just the fact that we were in a car for that long with quiet animals and then finally we would get up and they'd be like oh what's happening is there something happening is there something happening where are we oh my god i love it 
Yeah. I know what you mean. They're so stupid. Goofball. They're so stupid. Where the fuck are we? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Everybody says that my dog is the dumb one because she like willingly went along for the ride while my cow is like not having it and made it miserable. Yeah. Like I've, I've traveled with cats before and they've been cool. Like my cat Mystique, she was climbing all over the front of the car windshield and like just kind of really taking in the world and that cat was normal um but this cat was fucking insane so she hid in her litter box and then on that was the way down and then on the way back i got like a carrier for her that she liked because she didn't like the carrier that i had that's why she hid in her litter box i decided that i would stay somewhere so i decided to stay in dunn north carolina it's like my last name why not um so that's so great (laughs) thank you so then the very next uh morning not even the very next morning like hours later like i really just took a nap i never should have stayed there my family insisted that i do that to be responsible it was honestly a waste of my time um but it got this story so maybe it wasn't i get my dog i call her and i'm like all right get in the car and she's like okay and she like gets in her car. She has a little seat that I bought for her. She's got like a dog seat. She's in there sitting and waiting. And it's like almost 12, which is when I need to give them the room, you know, like when the maid needs to be in there. And everything is perfectly timed, like, you know, ma- machinery, except the cat is hiding from me. And I don't know where. So I go into this hotel room and there's nowhere for her to hide that I can think of. And I then eventually realize, oh, she's not in the bathroom. She's not in here. She's not there. She didn't run out. And I'm like, should I just leave? Like, I can't leave my cat here. Like, I need to deal with this. So there's a maid right outside my hotel room. When I finally realized my cat is under the bed in the mattress, like up in the mattress, which is apparently a normal cat thing. Everybody knows this move. I'm I'm not privy to it yet. She doesn't do it in the house that I know of. So um, I, I kind of pull up the one half of the king size bed. I grab her. She makes a face and meows at me. Then I see like this mass of darkness crawl into the corner i'm like oh my god what the fuck was that i look at my hand and i swear it's covered in bugs but i don't know if it is or isn't i go around the other side where she's now run to and i pull up the other half of the mattress and my cat's all up in the mattress and i like pull her out and now she's like meowing at me all weird and i put her in a little container and i'm like so like during all this whole thing i'm like why are you like this why are you doing this to me who made you like this who hurt you? Why? Why are you doing that? Like, this is what the woman can hear outside in the hall. In, not in the hallway, because it was a motel. Outside. Um, just just me yelling at this cat. <laughs> the whole entire motel room looked like someone had overdosed there. Like, like a rock star had an after party and just died. Because, like, now the bed's everywhere. So I'm like, oh, God, I got to put this back together. So I, like, push it all back together and, and hope for the best, knowing that she's going to take it all up, hopefully, anyway. As I'm driving... Like an hour later, it hits me what happened. And I start to picture her face as she was meowing at me. It's just like, why are you bothering me? Like, meow. <laughs> it was like such a ridiculous face. And I start picturing that dumb little meowing face. And I just like laugh so hard that my eyes start to well with tears because I'm laughing so hard. I can't see and I'm driving. And I almost fucking died laughing about how hilarious my cat is. Just traveling with a cat in the first place sounds like something that takes a real um, sheer stamina, I think, to (laughs) endure that kind of annoyance. I mean, I can only imagine all the meowing and the crying for hours and hours. I got none of that. She just was quiet, well-behaved. I mean, I had to every time I would let the cat, the dog out, I would have to check that the cat was still in the car because that's how quiet she was. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take a quick little break, and when we come back, we will listen to more 
of the world of road trips from our Radio Free Brooklyn family. This is Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Studio for our 100th broadcast for Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. Catherine Dunn has uh, been kind enough to join me for this edition, and needs someone here to celebrate with me. It feels Whee! it feels wrong to be just celebrating by myself. That would be sad to have your celebration all alone. I'm glad I'm here. It's okay. I didn't want a big party anyway. <laughs> what an intimate occasion. It's all good. It's a surprise party. Everybody's in the outside. They're going to pretend it's an intervention just to mess with you. Oh, my God. That'd be hilarious. That'd be the best. Yeah. I'm just saying July 3rd. That's what I've always wanted. July 3rd? Yeah. What? This is an intervention. Just kidding. Surprise. <laughs> July 3rd is my birthday. Okay. 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 So, wait. But, but then you turn 21 again? Well, yeah. On June 3rd, I turned 20. Oh, okay. Yeah. So You got to be careful with me. I'm going to I'm gonna call you out. For what? I don't know. <laughs> you're, just, you're just confirming my lies. Like, you're not calling out anything. You're just like, yeah, because you're 21, right? Yeah, yeah, because well, you turned 21, right? Yeah. You're, just, you're, 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 the, you're the magical, unaging beauty. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, we got a, a second story to listen to, and this one comes from a previous guest, actually. Uh, if y'all remember, only just a few episodes ago, last month, we had Michelle Carlo, host of the show Fish Out of Agua, which is another storytelling show here on Radio Free Brooklyn every Tuesday at 3 p.m. There's a lot of 3 p.m. shows, we know. Right? Yeah. It's, it's like there are three three PMs, mine, hers, and Jared's. Yeah. And I want to have both of them on my show, but I've already talked to Michelle about having her on. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So people can expect that uh, to be happening very soon. Yeah, hopefully. In the meantime, let's listen to her submission here, this road trip story of hers. When I was twelve and my best friend Nikki was thirteen, we may not have known what actual sex looked like, felt like, or smelled like, but we sure knew what it sounded like. Because Every day after school, we'd run back to her apartment and camp out in front of her big brother Ralphie's door. Would he basically just smoke weed while he banged his girlfriend? And we would listen to Black Sabbath, because that's all that kid played. And we loved Black Sabbath, especially Black Sabbath Volume 4. Nikki's favorite song was Changes, but mine was Tomorrow's Dream. There was just something about that song that went straight from my head into my chest and straight down to the place where I didn't really think that much about yet because I'm 12 years old. And one of my dreams 
was that someday I would get to see Black Sabbath play that song. And one day it came true. Ralphie had won Black Sabbath concert tickets from some radio station uh, trivia game or something like that. And his mother had said that unless he took Nikki and me to Nassau Coliseum to, to this concert, we he couldn't go because he couldn't get the car to go to Nassau Coliseum unless he took us. So we were like, yeah! And he was like, no! And my mother actually let me go. She had no idea who Black Sabbath was. And she didn't know how I felt when I was listening outside that door. So we get to the concert, and yeah, I'm 12, and Nikki is 13 and a half, going on 14, and she had gotten all dressed up for the concert. She had bleached her hair with Clorox. Yes, her mom had wouldn't let her dye her hair like a regular person, so she stuck her bangs in bleach, and that's what happened. That's what people did in the 1970s. It's crazy. And then um, she was wearing this white halter that made her look kind of like Lolita, and meanwhile I have pigtails and jingle bells on my sneakers because I'm 12. We get to the concert, Ralphie flat leaves us, says, kids, you're on your own, because that's what people did back in the 70s, and so Nikki and I, we are in phase, we walk in the Nassau Coliseum by ourselves, and people are offering us all these things, things I knew were pills, things I knew were weed, things I knew were liquor, and I'm like, no, thank you, I'm 12, but meanwhile, Nikki's taking them all, and we go upstairs, our seats are in the nosebleed section, and we decide that we need to be downstairs where the action is. And then they start playing Tomorrow's Dream. And I just stopped. Because once again, I felt the music in my head, in my throat, in my chest, in the place that I wouldn't know really what to do with for another six years. And then Nikki grabs me. And like she breaks all the concentration. I might have been having an orgasm, then I don't know. But Nikki says, we have to go downstairs now. So we climb and we jump all the way down to the, the bottom, the bottom floor. And she gets the bright idea that we have to go backstage. So we wander into this hallway. And I remember seeing this old-looking guy that was carrying a birdcage. And I remember thinking, we're around that white halter, and she's got that pink hair. And the man puts down the cage and says, come, girls, come on, come over here now. And meanwhile, Nikki starts staggering over to this guy. And I'm like, no, no, no. And then this other guy comes out of this other door and says, girls, run, run while you can. And I freak out so much that I just grab Nikki, and we go out the nearest doors that we see, and we're outside in the parking lot. We missed the rest of the concert, and we're wandering around. Well, they say God protects drunks, fools, and small children, and that night he protected all three, because somehow we bumped into Ralphie and his girlfriend right when the concert let out, and we got home, and everything was fine. Well, except that, um, Nikki had to be carried into the apartment, and I didn't see her for about a month and a half, because she was grounded. But I wasn't grounded. I saved up my allowance for three months so I could buy Black Sabbath Volume 4 for myself and listen to my favorite song whenever I wanted and maybe do a little bit of practice with that secret place that I really wouldn't know very much what to do with for another six years. So yeah, going to see Black Sabbath at 12 kind of changed my life. But I think it was for the good. Well, I'm leaving 
That was a deep cut. I don't I don't think I've ever heard Tomorrow's Dream, but there it is from Black Sabbath, which was preceded by a remarkable, really, truly remarkable story from Michelle Carlo, who you could hear again, as I said, every Tuesday here on Radio Free Brooklyn for her show Fish Out of Agua. Um, more where that came from on the storytelling tip. Thoughts, Catherine? I really liked it. About the story? Yeah. Yeah, no, I really liked it. I liked no, the no, as, as, no, about your hair that you're twirling right now. Yeah, no, um, I really like playing with my hair. <laughs> yeah, I, know I don't you know, do. yeah, I always play with this side fine, specifically. Yeah. Um, uh, my favorite thing about my hair, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Did you um, mess your hair up into a, like a sort of an interesting style when you go to some of these shows? Not for shows because I don't really go to shows. I, I didn't, I grew up not going to shows. Like I went to some. The first thing I ever went to was like a fish concert because I had a crush on the girl that was going to it. And I was 15. And then I licked a sticker that hippies had touched with their gross ass hands because I thought that there may have been drugs on it because um, I was 15. That's hilarious. Yeah. You figured you, you scratch and sniff, like lick a sticker and yeah. then you'll get high. I was like, oh, they must be giving out drugs. No, they're not giving out drugs at the fish concert. <laughs> no, they were giving out drugs. You just were with the wrong people. Apparently. You, you were with the Lisa Frank crew. That was yeah. Those assholes <laughs> with their oilies and their fuzzies. Lay off the patchouli, you damn yeah. hippie. I want some puffies. <laughs> yeah, so there was that. The next concert I went to was kind of by accident. It was They Might Be Giants. And I was photographing. All right, no, I wasn't photographing anything. My boyfriend was photographing an event that his friend's band was doing. I don't even fucking remember. He went to the bathroom for like one second, and I held his camera because he was going to the bathroom. And then a little while later, some guy's like, I'm raffling off these concert tickets. And then I just went up to him like, I want them. Like, what do I have to do? He's like, just win the raffle. I'm like, okay. And then he just gave them to me. And then uh, like a little while later, he like thought about it and he decided to just give me the concert tickets because I wanted them. And then he said, oh, I noticed you had a camera. Are you also a photographer? He wanted to like give me a gig. And that enraged the, the jealous artistic boyfriend because he was like, oh, I don't like he just hated any opportunity that was awarded to me. He was just a weirdo. He was a fucking weirdo. That, that's some aggro like shit right there. Jealous little weirdo. Yeah. He was mad because I held his camera for two seconds and then it looked like I was a photographer. We, we met in photography class. Like we were both photographers. So it wasn't that I wasn't a photographer. Um, on that event, I wasn't. He was so mad that like people gave me tickets. He went with me to the concert. So I don't know what his fucking problem was. Yeah. Fucking weirdo. That's why I don't date. I can't with people. <laughs> they might so be giants though. That was one of your first concert experiences. That was not a... Uh, Oh, I guess not really. I would say Fish would probably be a technically a good first concert. Yeah. The first time I went to a concert that wasn't like live in Woodstock, like a, a, a dinky little show at the Joyous Lake, was when I was 13. I was not 14 yet. I was going to be 14 later that year, but it was 96. Oh, I was 13 years old, and I went and I saw Foo Fighters at Roseland Ballroom. That was the beginning of many concerts that I would get driven to see at Jones Beach, Roseland, just all these different acts, some amazing experiences. I can't say that driving in the car uh, to these was eventful because it was such a short distance. <laughs> um, the cream of the crop of my road trip for concerts was going to Kingston, Pennsylvania for this positive hardcore, positive hardcore. Had positive cat. It was called Posi Numbers. P-O-S-I, Posi Numbers. Positive hardcore bands. I knew none of them. None of them. Absolutely zero of them. The only reason I went to the first summer 
was because I had a crush on a girl I met on Friendster, and she told me Friendster. that's where that's where she told me she was gonna be, <laughs> and I followed her and uh, met, met and rendezvoused with her there. Immediately when I got there, I was not into her at all. It was one of those very trial and error things where you go and you finally meet somebody in person. And it's not even that they're not anything like they said they were like or they didn't look anything like they said. You've met somebody online. When you meet in person and the chemistry is not there, it's like, well, here I am in Kingston, PA, seeing a bunch of hardcore groups that I've never heard of. And, you know, just taking the the seat. I'm a a weed-smoking, beer-drinking Jewish kid with no tattoos. And everybody there doesn't do shit and has every tattoo and piercing under the sun. So it was, I felt very out of place. You didn't even like darken up your beard. (laughs) I don't think my beard was even uh, there yet. Yeah, good point. It was Friendster. What's that? (laughs) What is that? I've had the opposite where like I was not attracted to somebody online and then I met them in person. I was attracted to them. Did you ever travel to meet anybody online? Um, Like from Brooklyn to Manhattan. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever go out of state? No, that's silly. Why would I do that? Exactly. No, they need no. But people have come out of their states to see me. Were they driving? Or were they taking the train? Were they taking the um, bus? different things, different times? But um, one guy that I was not, ugh, blah, but anyway, blah. Connecticut in, in a car, and then another guy like Jersey, ugh, and and train. Mm-hmm. There are people who do that. There are people yeah. who will go travel on the road for hours to see people that they met yeah or to stalk people that they've met like the guy from connecticut yeah sorry that happened yeah we'll we'll move on from that let's not let's not talk about that i mean it's a notch on my belt (laughs) (laughs) thanks to michelle for bringing uh nice stories of getting out of the house and going to see concerts nassau coliseum i think i saw one show there ever and it was beastie boys Way back then, 99. Been there and I don't know why. It's car shows, dog shows, car shows, and cars and dog shows. Cars and dog shows. Our uh, final submission for this episode comes from a good friend of ours here at Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, Mine specifically, one of the sweetest guys I know here. He does a show every Wednesday at evening, 8 to 10 p.m. He's had me on his show before. His name is Mike Joseph, host of the Jerry Cole Chronicles, which is a music show that plays mostly 80s. I managed to squeak in some 70s music when I was there on his show. I curated the entire playlist. You could hear it online. Um, I forget which number it is, but uh, it was uh, a fun, 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 fun time. And he uh, just before we went to record, he was kind enough to send me a voicemail chronicling a story that he has, which is luckily taking place in an RV. So I'm excited to hear it. I haven't listened to it yet. I just saw the Google Voice, so I saw like things in the words, but I didn't want to like spoil the surprise <laughs> yeah, too you much. Said you didn't want to know. No, no, I didn't. So let's take a listen to Mike's story here. I had a bunch of stories to choose from because my family drove a lot. Uh, I grew up in New York. Um, my mom lived in Michigan. We had family in Chicago and in Florida, uh, and flying was generally not an option with multiple children. So we hopped in the car and drove a ton. As I got older, I uh, did a lot less of the road trip thing, but there was one point about 10 years ago after my grandmother had moved south when the family that was based in New York, uh, which consisted of uh, me, you know, an uncle and aunt, uh, their spouses and children, decided that we were going to go down and spend Christmas with my grandmother in Georgia. I don't remember the exact year. I know it was the year James Brown died. There was a day that Christmas was the day James Brown died. 
So it was like 2005 or 2006 or something like that. Anyway, someone had the bright idea that we should rent a Winnebago. Uh, I think that's what you call those sort of big things that transport. An RV. There's an RV. So someone decided that we were going to rent an RV, and we're all going to drive down there in an RV. No one had ever driven an RV before. I did not have my driver's license yet. It was sort of a mess. The weather wasn't great. It was raining. This is a huge vehicle, and we were transporting, you know, 12 people and uh, driving from one end of the top end of the country to the bottom end of the country. Uh, it turned out to be about a 20-hour trip. It was not like riding a roller coaster, but it was uh, uh, not an easy ride. Uh, there were a few near accidents. Um, making a turn in an RV isn't great. Highway driving in an RV isn't great. My uncles who took turns driving are both pretty experienced drivers and certainly have uh, taken part in some of our long road trips over the course of my childhood, but they were both sort of unmatched out of their element. Um, thankfully, we didn't hurt anybody. We didn't hurt ourselves. Um, I, as a passenger, certainly had much less uh, white-knuckle action than the drivers did. And, I mean, ultimately, we made it to Georgia in one piece. I don't remember how I got back, I guess. I don't remember how I got back. I don't remember being in an RV the second time. So I don't know if we got into a smaller car and, and drove back up or if I flew back or, or what it was. But that RV trip was weird and a little scary and certainly dissuaded any of us from uh, going down anywhere in an RV ever again. I, I don't think uh, that's happening anytime in my future. But it's a good thing to tell a story about, I guess. So... There you go. There's my road trip story. Twelve black people in an RV. It was it was a little weird, uh, a little crazy. I sat in the back and did crossword puzzles for most of it, and uh, hoped that we didn't like go off the road. And thankfully, we did. quite great to be able to actually get a story that does in fact take place in an RV after talking about it. I kind of thought he was going to jokingly pretend to crash at the end because he <laughs> set it up being about a crash. Well, it, it must be. I mean, it would get listeners for his next episode, wouldn't it? I'm just impressed that the guy was doing crossword puzzles at that young age. How do you think he was say he was 12, right? Oh, young, yeah. So 12 doing crossword puzzles as a way to just sort of tune out the fact that you're riding with 12, uh, 11 people in a car. I mean, that's I mean, intense. that's a big car, but that's still a lot. That's, that's too intense. Much people per that's car. intense, especially for the amount of time you're traveling. I, I can, I'm just trying to think of any experience that I've ever had as an adult where I would want to be caught in a road trip situation with adults for that long a time. This is actually something I probably should have mentioned before, you know, because for all that we, you and I were chatting about with our experiences with going to shows and traveling for a little bit, we didn't bring up the elephant in the room, which was the fact that Burning Man is coming up this summer. I have never been there to Burning Man, have no desire to, for full, full disclosure, but I won't knock anybody who does. I, I absolutely do. <laughs> I want to go. On, that's on you. It's on you. I want to go to there. Do it. Uh, you know, Burning Man, Coachella, uh, no. you, you know, whatever. All these different reasons to get into a, a car and go to see something music-wise. And in this case, not music-wise. Burning wise, Man is music. 
it, there's entertainment. There's a lot. It's, it's kind art. Of just an it's, experience. it's an experience. Well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that interlocking the stories of like being some circles maybe. exactly being in a car for a long period of time with people for some kind of end result that uh, is is important in Mike's case uh, to see family and in some case that would be a more larger scale version of what Michelle was talking about just to see a concert. I mean, when you're traveling with more than one person with two people, it's like it's it's an intense experience. Well, I prefer to be in the car with at least one other person. Maybe you don't want to be in a car by yourself. I don't like being in the car by myself. No, you need somebody to keep you company. I have narcolepsy. Like I legitimately need someone there. I did not realize that and you had narcolepsy. Not just my animals, but yeah. Okay. You know, I do. It's a thing. It's very much a thing. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. But, so driving for you must be actually really difficult then because it's almost impossible for you to drive uh, for long periods of time if you don't have somebody with you. Yeah, I mean, I did it with my animal uh, going to Florida. I would do it with my cat and my dog, and uh, that was hard. And, like, I have to, like, roll down the window, put on the AC, start slapping my face. Sometimes I have to, like, pull over and take a nap. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. Like, I, it's like a cloud. Like, a, like, all of a sudden there's a storm, and the storm is sleepy. But it's not like I always do. A, like, I don't always fall asleep. I won't, like, if I'm in, like, a traffic stop, I'm not necessarily going to hit the car in front of me. It's happened, but like only when I'm exhausted. I think of it like when it comes to the difficulty in driving, when you're driving like a large vehicle, not like a Winnebago per se, but even like a U-Haul van. Mm-hmm. If you're like moving and you have this bulky, awkward vehicle, you know, it doesn't matter how good of a driver you think you are. When you're driving a bus, you're driving a van, you're driving something that's a larger vehicle, they're always going to be awkward. And it, and, and it's, reason enough why Mike would have been nervous to be in a passenger situation when someone doesn't know how to drive something that large. Blind spots. Yeah. How do you turn? How do you turn without tipping? Yeah. Like things that you don't know as a driver, like you can do things in a car that you can't do. Like I just had to do a U-Haul thing for Greg, my Mm co-host. He was only going to be there for two months, but I keep joking that he like abandoned me Mm -hmm. and my dog. He's like, this is in your head. I'm like, no, it's real. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I had to do the U-Haul thing for him. And it was, it's nuts. I actually kind of hit a car. No. I mean, obviously not because that would be illegal because I hit, hit and run. But like, yeah, no, I totally hit a car. <laughs> but I totally didn't if any cops are listening. Okay. But I totally hit a fucking she, car. She didn't hit a car. <laughs> it's okay. If you're going to be driving something even more uh, stressful, you definitely need somebody in the car. And I know that I need uh, somebody in the car anyway because uh, I won't look at my phone, but I need to look at my phone if I need to know where I'm going. So someone's got to be there to help me navigate. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could leave the the voicey thing on, but still, it's not as good. No, it's not as good. And it's sometimes like recalculating all the time. God forbid you you lose like one uh you you miss one turn when you're in New Jersey mm-hmm. and then you have to do all, all the, the circles loops, like, all the circles. Those people can't drive. <laughs> I'm glad that uh, we're alive. We have survived a number of our own road trips. Um, <laughs> and we're we're here. We're sitting in the studio here for this unusually uh chill, but still welcome to uh have something of this variety for our officially 100 broadcasts for Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, Sometimes when you're on a road, you don't know where you're going. And it's sort of like a nice metaphor, I think, for the fact that there's so many people that you you are traveling on the road with 
at all times and who knows where they're going. And we're all together at the same time, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're all going to the same place. So like a good metaphor, I tie the bow (laughs) on this episode and leave it up to you, the listener, to uh, tell me where you think we should go because there's so many different uh, ways we can go. Uh, This episode didn't feature any old audio, but we inherently, as people who have stories to tell, we're always interested in hearing what you have. And uh, obviously, we would certainly be encouraging you to reach out to us via email with any pitches you have for old audio, found audio that's yours or not yours that you would like to come on the show and talk about. Lost and Rewound at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org is how you can reach out to us for any of all your submissions to pitch. Uh, We are online at LostAndRewound.Podomatic.com. That's our main place where you can listen to all of our past episodes from RFB. And then also on SoundCloud and Spotify and iTunes. That will do it for this edition of Lost and Rewound. Thanks again to Catherine Dunn. Thank you. Can you. Catch, you can catch your gal 3 p.m. here every Saturday as well as 7 p.m. every Saturday for Dunson and Art Star Scene Radio. Don't forget to catch her every other Sunday for Satanic Bingo at Bizarre Bushwick right here in beautiful Bushwick. And uh, is that coming up this next Sunday or the Sunday It just after? happened this past Sunday. So, so it'll be the, the 27th. Yes, the 27th. Memorial Day weekend, baby. You know where to find your boy. My name is Alon, and I will see you here next week for another edition of Lost and Rewound. Radio Free Brooklyn. Bye. I don't know what he's talking about.